We want to feel a sense of belonging. We want to feel like we belong, like we are loved, like we are part of something. This is a very basic human need. And that is often achieved by carrying on a legacy of our ancestors. Even when I say ancestors, this can literally be your grandparents, you know. But we carry on their legacy and we keep doing what they did to cope even if it doesn't actually help us, even if it's actually really harmful. Welcome to Deep Within. On this show, we dive deep into the nervous system, emotional healing, and transformation from within the body. When I started my personal development journey, it was all in the mind, doing affirmations, visualizations, listening to endless motivational videos. And I found that this approach without actually getting my body on board only left me in deeper shame and distress. So this is actually how I discovered somatic body-based healing. My name is Marina Yanai Trainer, and I am the Compassionate Somatic Coach. I am gentle, sensitive, and I love deep conversations. I am so, so, so excited and so glad you're here so we can feel like we're together in our own little bubble of deep talks. I have been really exhausted in my life. I would say lately, but it's actually been getting better lately. And I want to share with you about how much I've tried to unexhaust myself, how much I've tried to find ways to rest, how much I've tried to just like wake up in the morning and feel better and feel rested. And it didn't happen for years. And I was trying to really understand what the heck was going on. I was trying to use like all the somatic modalities to see what's going on with my nervous system. Maybe it's constantly stuck in sympathetic activation, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't that at all. So I want to dedicate this episode to any of you who are going through any kind of stuckness that is so unexplained and you are like, what the hell is going on with my body? What is going on with my mind? Why do I feel like this? And maybe you've even tried somatic approaches and you still feel stuck. So what the heck might be going on? I'm not saying this is what's going on, but it might be what's going on. So for a while now, I've known about generational trauma healing, and I think that maybe I've even created a podcast about it. I can't remember if I have had an episode on this or not, but I've known about it, and I've known how powerful it is, and one of my therapists even told me about this study in Ireland where people who went through the Irish potato famine five generations later, their digestive system was still adapted to famine, which is so mind-blowing. So it makes sense to me that if somebody in your family a million years ago, whatever, thousands of years ago, went through something and had to survive it, then evolutionarily and also like our brilliant body is going to adapt to that and it's going to develop ways to protect itself and to survive and that's a really good thing and 
it's just like any trauma that you have in your lifetime where then you develop coping mechanisms to that trauma and you start behaving in certain ways like you start being a procrastinator or you start to be a perfectionist or you're a people pleaser like all these things are adaptations and sometimes you're like oh my god I don't need this in my body like this sucks this doesn't help me but think about how it w- when it was developed it was really needed in your body and it's the same with your ancestors whatever adaptation came through was actually really 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 needed at that moment and so then years later it's probably not needed anymore and we when we think of like what our ancestors have been through in the past it's pretty clear that the things that they were going through are really usually irrelevant to what we are going through in our lifetime but our body our dna our body physically mentally emotionally spiritually all these levels is adapted to whatever our ancestors went through so that's like one layer it's the survival layer but then there's also this really interesting layer around connection to our ancestors and maybe this is like your grandparents or your parents and you feel connected to them even if you've had a really difficult relationship we want to feel a sense of belonging we want to feel like we belong like we are loved like we are part of something this is a very basic human need and that is often achieved by carrying on a legacy of our ancestors even when i say ancestors this can literally be your grandparents you know but we carry on their legacy and we keep doing what they did to cope even if it doesn't actually help us even if it's actually really harmful so it's really interesting to think about that and i want to dedicate this episode to my dear grandmother she's in her 80s she is my mother's mother her name is lila otzila um depending on the country she's lived in three already um and her last name is cooper schmidt so just imagine a ukrainian jew with the last name cooper schmidt i'm just saying it was hell for her and my mom was so happy to marry my dad and be like let's immediately change our last name because this is very unhelpful in ukraine but i want to share with you a little bit about my grandma's story it's very very tragic And in recent years, you know, I started to realize really how much her lifetime and her story has impacted my life. And I did this incredible ritual and I continue to do rituals with my grandma, even when she's not physically present in my space. She lives with my parents in San Diego, but I'm doing rituals in my own house with her photo. And it's just so powerful, the shifts and the changes that happen. So my grandmother was born in the Holocaust. And she, I always say she was born in a labor camp. I might be not getting it right technically. I think my mom says it was a camp, but it wasn't a labor camp. I don't know. But she was born in a camp in the Holocaust in Ukraine, in her village. And one day after the camp was liberated, she was two years old and her mother died of disease which is so tragic and she, and her brother 
actually volunteered for the military. He was 17 and he lied and said he was 18 and he went to war and he died. So her early life was already so fraught with deep, deep tragedy. And then her father, who was a lot older than her mom, remarried. And when she was 13, they sent her away to, I guess, boarding school, but maybe it was called something else, but basically like a school away from where they were living with very little money. And she was a child, you know, when you're 13, you're basically a kid still. And she spent all of that money on clothes and basically starved and ended up in the hospital, thought she was dying, even though nobody told her like you're dying but she thought that as a child and she wrote this really sad awful goodbye letter and she was all alone nobody came to the hospital nobody came to visit her she thought she was dying and she survived and as i tell you this like i can feel it in my heart right now how devastating that must have been for her Yeah, so much grief, so much grief for my grandmother. And then she met my grandfather. She was, I guess, I don't know. She was young. She was maybe in her 20s. And my grandfather was studying in Russia, in Moscow, and she was in Ukraine. And so she gave birth by herself. She raised my mom for months by herself while my grandpa was studying far away and her life was just so filled with loneliness so filled with loneliness and so filled with like trying to survive by herself and so my grandma basically turned out to be this crazy workaholic she was always not necessarily working she she became an engineer and she made the same amount of money as my grandpa but she did everything at home at that time like in the beginning they didn't have running water so she would go to the well and get buckets of water she would cook she would clean she would sew like she made all my clothes when I was really little she I was born and then raised in her home when I was a kid so she did a lot to raise me and my mom and so She has worked her ass off, basically, my grandmother. And she always walked around saying, it's because I never had a mom. It's because I never had a mom. It's because I never had a mom. I was lonely. I was alone. Nobody really raised me. And it's so tragic because I realized that this feeling that my grandmother had actually got passed down to me as well. I was always a very sensitive child and I was very connected to my grandma. Again, I was around her a lot. And even though I'm very different from my grandma in so many ways, like I'm really, I was always spiritual, you know, I was always like searching for a deeper meaning and interested in human behavior while my grandma was really focused on her mission of survival and sewing clothes and saving money. It's so crazy to see how much of her is inside of me, even though we're so different. So it seems like I didn't become like her, but I totally did. And so 
I realized that I felt this very deep sense of loneliness for so much of my life, even though I was surrounded by people. I am an extrovert. I always have friends around. I'm very friendly. I make friends super easily. I grew up in a family that loved me so much. My mom and I are so close. And still, I always walked around with this really deep sense of loneliness. And it's really interesting to note these things and you can find them out by just talking to your family members, but from a very neutral kind of perspective where you're just asking them questions and then realizing like the words that they keep using are words that you probably keep using and you don't even notice. So that was one big thing. Another big thing, very big, is workaholism. So my grandmother basically never rested. Like even on Saturday, her day off from work, my mom told me she would sit by the TV and everybody was watching TV and just relaxing and eating, whatever. She would sew. Like she always had to be doing something productive and her value was so tied to her productivity. Granted, she grew up in Ukraine, which is, you know, was communist and communism and capitalism, by the way, it's really interesting that both are so tied to productivity. But regardless of that, I think it's one of the things that actually saved her because she felt so lonely and so she was able to lean on being productive and doing things for the family and really getting her value from that, which is really makes me sad because I love my grandma for so much more than just her doing things for me or just being productive. But I feel like she always felt that her value comes from her productivity. And that also saved her, you know? So this is one of those like coping mechanisms where this is what helped her. This is what saved her. This is what has helped her carry that pain of not feeling loved, well, I am loved because I do things for people. So she was like such a huge people pleaser and still is. And when I ask her, what do you love to do? She really struggles to answer. Like it's that intense. She doesn't actually know what she likes. She knows what other people like. And I remember when I was, a, when I was like a teenager in my 20s and I would say, do you like cooking? And my grandma would say, what do you mean do I like cooking? I cook. that's what she would always say and you know it's crazy that I became just like that maybe not as as extreme or as obvious but in my 20s I moved back to Israel when I was like 22 and I was doing my master's and I started working three jobs at the same time I would work and study literally from like 8 in the morning to 9 p.m. almost every day. I was so exhausted all the time. It was awful. And then when we moved to San Diego five years later and I started my first business, I literally burnt out so bad that it, it was like a hobby because I had no space to do things um, seriously because I was exhausted. And recently, I found myself in the same goddamn pattern in my business I've, and in my life. I just found myself really struggling to rest. I found myself really struggling to do things for fun. And I realized that this is tied to my grandma. And 
not only like wanting to stay connected with her and carrying on her legacy, but also it's just like in my blood, you know, it's just something that I watched her do. And it's something that she turned to as a refuge. And so did I. It is a coping mechanism that is very helpful to me. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's like so helpful because I have achieved so much in my life. I'm 35 and I've already achieved so freaking much in my lifetime because I'm such a hard worker. And when I want something, I go and I get it. So there is, of course, like a really positive side to this. But at the same time, there's a really awful side because I just started noticing that I wake up in the morning and I have this fire under my ass and it's not a nice fire it's not like yeah I'm so excited it was more like oh my god there's so much to do I have to get productive I have to do it now and even my morning routine that I always treasured felt like a chore like everything felt like a chore that I have to do and if I don't do it fast then I feel like shit and I started to really see that especially in the contrast of living in Costa Rica where everybody's so chill where the like number one word is tranquile which is calm down you know be calm um, and I was like what excuse me so yeah it was very powerful to notice and then the last thing and this thing I'm going to mention I don't feel that I've made much progress on but I strongly feel the connection that I have to it to my grandma, which is my digestion. So part of it, okay, so well, background. I've always had digestive issues since birth. And part of it is a lot of um, really early trauma because first of all, I'm very sensitive as, as I always talk to you guys about. And um, when I was born in the Ukrainian hospital, they basically would give babies to their moms to feed every few hours and would like take them away, which is absolutely insane. But that is what they did. And my mom hated it. And obviously I hated it so much. So that registers as a major trauma. And then also when I was less than one, my mom left for school for a month at a time and she did it twice. And then I got really sick and I ended up in the hospital. And I really think it was like part of an attachment trauma going on. But besides that, which I think the things that I just mentioned for sure contribute to my digestive issues. But besides that, I really strongly feel that there's a big part of it that has to do with my grandma. And, you know, I eat ridiculously healthy. I've been plant-based for like 12 years. I've been vegan for 12 years and not a junk food vegan, a healthy vegan. Even though I do it mostly for the animals, I really care about my health. I eat healthy. I drink loads of water, take supplements, like all the things. And I've seen so many like doctors and naturopaths and all the things about it. And still I have digestive issues that are very interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be too TMI right now, but it's really interesting because my body like holds on to food and I get bloated and I really feel it for like days. And so that's why when I realized that, that my body literally holds on to food, I linked it to my grandma because 
when I go grocery shopping, I'm a psychomaniac. Like I literally go into a trauma response. It's very clear and I need to buy the whole grocery store. And that's why now my partner was like, I'm going to start grocery shopping because you're not very good at it. And I was like, okay, thank you. Because I literally like, if I buy peanut butter, I have to buy five. I can't buy one. And I literally go into a trauma response. Like I feel the energy in my body and it's insane. So I realized that basically my grandma, you know, she starved also during the war. Of course, she didn't have a lot of food. Like she she really struggled to have food. They would eat potato peels. It was at that level. I really carry that in my body. And I know my grandma's like totally obsessed with food. It is her biggest luxury, favorite thing. It is the one thing that she actually likes. And it's so funny how alike we are because I'm the same. Give me food and I'm happy. Like I'm actually enjoying myself. If you ask me, what do you actually enjoy? Definitely one of the things is like eating. That's very clear. And my grandma's the same and everything else is like work and being productive. So I definitely feel that connection to my grandma through my eating habits. And it's something that I'm working on. But what I wanted to share with you that is really beautiful and incredible is that I, a few weeks ago, did a really powerful ritual. And I basically did a ritual ceremony with my grandma. I had her photo for when she was young, a really beautiful photo. I put all these beautiful flowers and candles and crystals, all the sweet things. And I just did this hour and a half long ritual with my grandma. I wrote her a letter to thank her for everything she has given me. I burned some stuff. I I did all this cool stuff. It was really, really powerful, somatic and spiritual. And I am currently coming out of my spiritual closet. It's been very fun, (laughs) but I'm just like channeling these really beautiful ceremonies and rituals. I've always loved ritual. I'm Jewish and ritual is so big in our culture, but I really wasn't raised with a lot of rituals. I wasn't raised very deeply religious or Jewish. I mean, I always knew I was Jewish, but I wasn't raised like partaking in ritual or going to synagogue a lot. And now that I'm surrounded by a huge spiritual community in Costa Rica, and I feel such a deep connection to Costa Rica, to the land, it's like unexplainable. I feel like I'm really craving coming back into ceremony, coming back into ritual and it's just so beautiful and i'm saying coming back because the one person that was always very ritualistic in our household is my other grandma my dad's mom she actually practices judaism and she keeps shabbat which means she lights candles and she doesn't do anything on saturday she doesn't work doesn't use electricity all the things and i've always loved doing that with her so i'm really craving it But I'm craving it in my own way through Judaism because that feels really authentic to me. So anyway, when I was doing the ceremony, it was just so amazing because I was fully in my body, fully allowing my body to dictate the next step. And it just like unfolded. That's why I use the word channel because I didn't plan it. I was like, I want to do the ceremony with my grandma. I want to sort of like cut ties to these pieces of my grandma's journey that don't belong in my life and to do so with reverence and love for her and everything that she has given me. 
And it was so cute because I took pictures of the letter that I wrote her and I sent it to my mom and I was like, mom, translate this for grandma to Russian, blah, blah, blah. And then later that day, I voice um, called my grandma and she was like cuddling in bed with my mom and my mom was like translating everything to her. It was so cute. And she said, life is worth living. <sighs> That's what she said to me. And it was just so touching for me. And um, then we were talking and, and she was like, how are you? And I was like, I'm exhausted. And she was like, why? You work too hard. And I was like, why do you think? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's probably my fault. That That's what I taught you. So it's, it was cool because she even recognized it. And she was like, you know, I regret it. I regret working that hard, which was so powerful to hear from someone who is like over 80, you know, and has lived this life. Because I remember when I was a kid, she would always say, sit down and listen to the wisdom of grandma. And she never said like, rest, stop working so hard. She would always say, work your ass off, keep working. It's really important. Like you need to be an independent woman. Don't trust anyone. You need to do everything, blah, blah, blah. And so it's just so interesting to hear her say, you know, you need to rest. Um, I regret that I worked my ass off. So cool to hear that. And I want to report to you some very exciting news. And the news are that there has been a big ass shift in my life ever since I did that ceremony. And just like as a side note, there's so much spiritual practice that is bullshit. I'm just going to say it because it's like, light this candle, say this prayer, blah, blah, blah. And you're not really embodying it. You're just thinking it and you're doing the robotic motions. I know in Judaism that's really big and that's why I'm so interested in like the spiritual part of Judaism and not just the rituals and the ceremonies but actually embodying these things and actually feeling it in your body. And the reason that it worked and that for the last few weeks, I've been waking up light. I've been, I cannot explain to you guys like the difference. It's literally insane. I'm not saying that I still don't work really hard and I have things to work on with my relationship with work. And, you know, I tend to go that route but I definitely want you to know that there has been an insane shift where I actually am resting. Like every single day I take naps and I wake up and I feel lighter and I don't feel this urge to be productive. It's so powerful. And I also know that I'm going to probably repeat these rituals and like continue communing with my grandma in different ways for a long time to come. So it's really exciting. And guess what? This ceremony, this sacred, beautiful, incredible ceremony is something that I'm teaching in my group program. And I have to tell you, I have taught so many group programs, but this one, Claim Yourself Boldly, this program is feels so fucking aligned. Like I have never felt this good teaching and I'm just wrapping it up right now. I'm recording this as I'm wrapping up the first round and I'm getting ready for the second. And oh my God, it is just so powerful. Like 
for me and for the people in the program. And it's all about being seen. That's what it's all about. It's about being seen and honoring yourself. And so one of the major sessions towards the end of the program is this ritual. I literally take you through this ritual. So incredible. After you've already worked somatically with your body lots and lots and connected to your body and you're already like so connected to your embodiment doing this ritual is just life altering it's so powerful so i'm really really excited for this round of the program i'm going to leave a link for you to check it out and join us you guys and girls i'm sorry i use guys it's just I love saying you guys. I grew up saying you guys. But of course, girls and guys, all, all my humans and they and them and everybody. This program is just so delicious. It's so beautiful. It's so powerful. So check it out. Join us. I'm so excited about it. I love you so much. I'm excited to be chatting with you this week. And I will see you very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. If you liked it, please make sure to leave me a review so that more beautiful humans can get to this podcast and subscribe to the show. And please do share it with a friend who would benefit. And I always love to hear from all of you on Instagram. So visit me there at marina.y.t. I share really awesome content and would love to hear your comments about the episodes. Until next time, I love you so much and I appreciate you. Have the most beautiful day.